Hello and welcome to another episode of the Woman in Comedy Festival podcast. I'm your host, Amy, and the festival is now over, but I had the amazing privilege of chatting with some of our amazing acts that came up for the festival, and one of them was Lindsay Santoro. And we had a really great chat um, over Zoom because she was in Birmingham because she is a working mum. She's doing comedy as well as having a toddler. And we chatted a lot about that and also about her success in Edinburgh and just being her unique self. The great thing is if you missed out on seeing Lindsay at the Women in Comedy Festival, she's also bringing the same show to the Leicester Festival, which is happening in February. So do get along to that festival and definitely go and see her show because I got to see it and it was amazing but yeah so enjoy uh this podcast we do apologize we're talking about in past tense but you'll still get the amazingness that she is (laughs) um for anyone listening uh Lindsay is in Birmingham, right? You're on. You're at home I in am. Birmingham. Yeah, I'm, I'm at home all day today. Oh no, it's a lie. I've got a gig later. Okay, where are you gigging? Only half an hour from my house. Oh nice. So. Where are you gigging? Litchfield. So it's not. It's. I don't actually. All I know is Litchfield is north of Birmingham, but it's not in Birmingham. Well, maybe it is in Birmingham. I don't know. My geography, I think, is absolutely horrendous. Considering I have to drive everywhere. Yeah, it's you- just. I mean, I wouldn't know. Crap. <laughs> People can tell me places and I'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Thanks for having me, by no the way. No worries. It's so, I'm so excited to have you and talk to you about your journey into comedy. Oh, I just We've emailed quite a lot, I think, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Yeah, because we book you for gigs and then getting you on board with the Woman in Comedy yeah. Festival. So I feel like I know you, but I don't, yeah. I don't know you. I know. I only, I only know you via the 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 medium of email, which is weird, really, isn't it? But that's sometimes with comedy. That's all you ever see is someone's email, name and in then an email. and then I'll go up to comics, especially if I go through their agent, and I'll be like, "Oh, hey, I'm Amy," and they look at me like, "Who are you?" <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you'll see their little faces, won't you? Yeah, when you put them on the website. Yeah, we got no this mysterious woman. Yeah, he's just emailing Who is you. She? And then I watch your sets as well, so I know all about oh, yeah. you. And then you guys are like, <laughs> are you crazy? I did it to Josh Pugh the other day in the street. And I was like, hey, Josh, it's Amy. And then he's like, oh, cool. And then I walked away and I was like, oh, I've only contacted his agent, not him. <laughs> so he probably he's thinks like, I'm a right crazy. He's probably like, oh, somebody's recognised me off the telly. I'm so cool. Yeah. It's just, no, just me. I do admin. Yeah, I do all the admin. <laughs> I put all the treats in the green room. Which you, is that you? Yeah, which you and Phil stole them all. Don't you blame me for that? That I blame. I took what I thought was 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 fair, and Phil went mad. I took a Freddo and some crisps. He went um, mental. We had to hide it from him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I did a gig with Phil Ellis and he was having a bit of a fit about the... Um, well, I think there's, um, there's a basket of snacks, which I think is quite, you know, adequate. Yeah. But 
I think there was some kind of note that said, don't let Phil steal all the snacks, which then he saw as, a, I think, a personal vendetta. And then out of spite, he stole all the snacks. Yeah, but he's... Which I think, yeah, but he won't eat that. No, but he would steal the snacks every time. So that's why we put the note in, because every time he performed, <laughs> we'd go back in the basket was completely <laughs> empty. I love Phil, man. He really does tickle me. He makes yeah. me laugh so much. He is so <laughs> funny. He's so crazy. <laughs> so it's talking about comedy and stuff. So where did your journey begin? Like, how did you get into stand-up? Was it people who inspired you? Was it friends who told you you were funny? Or was it just something that you just came across or you've always wanted to do it? I've always from... It sounds, this sounds a bit mad. But when I was little, I kind of realised... This is going to sound so strange. When you were... As a woman, you kind of got... I kind of looked at myself and I went, right, I'm not very attractive. What am I going to do? And I thought, well, I better be funny because I'm not clever. So... Um, and I remember thinking that from a very, very, very young age, thinking I'd better be funny. Uh, but then I realised that a lot of blokes found that very... Well, boys, because obviously I was a child, <laughs> found that quite threatening. Not threatening, but a bit odd. But then I thought, well, I like funny and I am funny. And I always used to watch comedy when I was younger. That was probably very inappropriate. Like, I remember watching The Life of Brian and like, lots of Monty Python stuff. And whenever my dad took us on a long journey, he'd have, like, comedy tapes in the car. Yeah. So we'd listen to, like, Eddie Izzard and Alan Davies. And... But then looking back, you think, it's not appropriate for a child to be... It's not... It was funny. And a lot of the jokes... Now, I've, I've watched some of those stand-up specials back and I've gone, oh, God... Yeah. But a lot of it went over my head. And I've always wanted to do comedy, but I've had such, like, a, a nervousness about it. Like, I was like, I don't want to do it in case I'm bad. Mm. And I did try when I think I was about 21. I think I entered the women in... women Not women in comedy, what's it called? Funny women. Yeah. But I just never did it. I, I entered it and I thought, I'm not doing it. Because I was so nervous. Um... And then I just thought, well, that's just something that's not going to happen. And then my friend Toby, there's a there's a comedian called James Cook in Birmingham, and he runs a comedy course. And this was about ten years ago. And Toby was like, "Do you want to come with me? Because I am I'm always the funny one." Um, and I, I was like, I had to play it cool and be like, "Yeah, yeah, I want to I do it. Yeah, I'll come." Yeah. And then from there, it just, well, I was, again, I was, once I'd done that course, at the end of the course, you do a stand up show, but it's all friends and family. It's very safe. Everybody laughs at everything. Yeah. And I, I just got the bug, but still, I had that nervousness where, like, I'd only gig every two or three months because my, I couldn't cope with the stress of knowing I was doing a gig, mm. even though I wanted to do a gig. So that took a lot of time. And then once I got into the flow of it, yeah, I was, um, Oh yeah, that was it. This is it's it's. I've, it feels like a hobby that's got out of hand, but it's something that I've always wanted to do. Yeah. I feel like I couldn't do anything else. Yeah. Now. And so, what do you think kind of stopped you um, from not doing that? Because was it an audition tape that you had to do for Funny Women, or was it like you had to go to an actual heat to do it? No, it was. Um, you just filled in a form. Yeah. You didn't have to submit any clips. You just filled in a... No, you dropped some... Oh, what's it? I think it was Hazel O'Keefe. 
I think it was Hazel. Yeah. Yes, it was. Oh, my God, that's just come back to me. And you just had to drop them an email and say, I want to do a heat. And they put you in for a heat. And it was just as simple as that. And uh, I remember the day before, because this was... I was at university and I didn't have internet, so if I wanted to use the internet, I had to go to a bloody computer room. Yeah. So I had to go to a computer room and email Hazel, I think, the day before and just say, I'm really sorry, I can't. Maybe it wasn't Hazel. I feel like it was. Yeah. It must have been because, yeah, Yes, and I I just remember emailing her and saying, I'm really sorry, I can't do it, I'm really poorly. Yeah. And then I still went to the heat anyway because I wanted to see what it was about. And um, I just thought, oh, no, I've made the right decision here. I don't think I could have done this. So... What, did you... I I should have done it, really. Did you think you weren't ready or, like... Because I know that confidence (sighs) comes up a lot with female comedians, especially in the open mic circuit. They talk about it a lot. Oh, it was just... I think that I remember I used to get such stage fright. And mm. even when I was like at school, like doing presentations, I'd be like, oh, oh God. Oh, oh. And uh, I look back at me when I was 21 and I think, you ain't got no, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Basically, you haven't seen enough willies yet to get on with it. That's what my <laughs> thought of it was. But now I've, I'm very confident. I think if I met younger me, I'd just be like, just carry on. You, you'll get there. Yeah. I, I, do, I think me starting any earlier would have been wrong. I wouldn't be the person I am. Also, just physically, it's like I physically couldn't do it. I was, like, so scared. Yeah. Like, I felt sick. Even after starting and I was doing a gig every three or four months, I've just, but the whole day, I'd have to book a day off work and be like, uh, 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 all, all day. And then you'd go on and as soon as you'd hit the stage, it was like, oh, no. I don't know what I was worried about. Can you hear my daughter screaming? No. Maybe that's just me. Sometimes she just likes to shout at the minute, so my apologies. <laughs> How old is she? Two. She's two. Oh, okay. And we took her up to um we took her up to somebody's bed. <laughs> my husband's just messaged me. I'm so sorry about the shouting. It's not him, is it? She's two. We took her up to Edinburgh. She turned two while we were in Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, took her to the zoo. It's hard, I tell you what, it's um it's hard work. I don't think I could do this without the support of my yeah. husband or a partner. I don't know anyone does it on their own. Like how it's, did um, you, um, yeah, taking her to Edinburgh, doing Edinburgh, because did you do the full run? Did you do the whole yeah. month? <laughs> so, <laughs> so what, so I still work part-time for my other job, okay, which is like admin in the NHS. And they basically were like, you can go. Yeah. And I said, well, I don't want to leave you in the lurch. And they were like, if you want to work remotely, that would be really helpful. And I was like, well, I'll do that. So, like, some days I was working remotely. Um, and then my husband was up there and he'd be working remotely. And then on the evening at six o'clock, I'd do my show. So I kind of then had to book annual leave. And the days that I was working and he was working, what we did is we got an apartment that was big enough that it had, like, another room, two rooms yeah. in it. Just too much bloody money. But then we would say to people... Oh, we're going to Edinburgh. Do you want to come and stay with us for free? And mm. they'd come and stay with us for free. And they were like, but you have to look after the baby. <laughs> so it worked out quite well. Yeah. <laughs> and so was someone was looking so after it during your show and all? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. My husband would finish work and then look after her. Yeah. And so then, it was like a, 
And what about flyering and stuff? So did you, because normally you need like, for people who don't know about Edinburgh, you need like either you flyer yourself or you need flyers just to get people in. Yeah, luckily, thank goodness. So because I'm with Off the Curb and they've got, uh, I I was never ever intending to go to Edinburgh at all. I just thought it's too much. It's beyond my reach. I can't afford it. It's the work. It doesn't work. And. But then, because my work were like, you can go. I was like, oh, God. And then Curb, off the Curb, were just my agent, Andy, he was just like, we will sort your room. You just get your accommodation sorted. We'll sort your room. We sort a flyering team. We do all of that. You literally have to just write your show, turn up. That's all you've got to do. Possibly bits of, like, promotion, but it's – we can – facilities obviously have to pay them like like, they don't no one does anything for the kindness of good in edinburgh but like i don't mind that because we all because all the all the acts kind of club together and it comes across the board which is quite nice so luckily i didn't have to fly her because i think if i had to fly her oh my god that would have i don't know have you have you ever done flyer in have you been well it's just um, I, I've done flying before, but not in Edinburgh. I've worked Edinburgh. I've worked for Gilded Balloon before. I was a front of house yeah. manager and just having to look after acts and getting them to start their shows on time and being, yeah, just getting the audiences in and out. For I think it was about 50 oh. shows we were looking after a day. So It's mad because my tech team, there was these three girls, absolutely lovely girls, um, but they were there for like 12 hours a day. And I was I was like, I'm fed up of my show. And it's about me. You I felt like going, you just turn the lights off. You go sit out there. I don't mind. Yeah. Like it's fine. Like you go and do. But they never would. And I just, oh, the staff at Edinburgh I just think, oh my God. Yeah. I know. I know the long hours that we did, it was crazy. It's mad. It's mad. And you think the wage as well is crap. Yeah. But then I'm not paying. I don't want to pay any more money. So keep them underfunded. That's what I say. <laughs> I know. Oh, Edinburgh is such a beast. It's something you have it's, to it do. It's a rite of passage, I think. I think it's something you have to do once at least. I'm glad that I left it for a long time yeah. before going up and doing my own show. Because I think a mistake a lot of people make is they go up with and they're not emotionally ready they're Mm. not financially ready and the baseline they don't have enough material and you see so many people go and they crack up and they're just not not ready i'd say go up do a showcase go up do a split hour yeah and then go up and do a show yeah don't for god's oh people that just go off and I think I admire them for the brass balls of it. But again, I think that was a bit of my anxiety and my worry. I was like, I don't want to go up and and present myself. I felt like I kept saying to my agent, I feel like a prized pig. Do you know Like, look at the prized pig. And it's like, if I'm not right and tender for market, don't send me. Yeah. (laughs) But then what was your show about? Because you're bringing the same show to the Women in Comedy Festival. It's just about my fanny. It's just... (laughs) And I have to say this as a caveat because so many shows in Edinburgh are like, oh, and then my cat died and my nan's dead. Do you know yeah, what I mean? And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. no, nobody's dead. Nobody, well, my, nan, my, my mum's 
I'll tell you that later. It's enough. Yeah, my mum feeds this stray cat and it's died, but it's died down this riverbank by the side of her house. So I've got to go after I've done this and get a spade and fling it over the fence. So um, I might make that into my show. I think uh, you should. But the, the point I was trying to make is my show is just pure comedy, yeah. which I think was, was it's nice because I was like, if I go see a show, I don't, I want to be entertained and I want to be amused and some shows are so poignantly written and so beautifully and I just thought I don't I don't have the brain space to do that yeah myself and I don't have the brain space to sit in a hot room for an hour and listen to someone talk about that so I will just (laughs) what do I know most about Mufani let's just talk about that for for an hour (laughs) But you're kind of also like breaking stigmas though, right? Because that's something that's still kind of taboo. Like men can talk about their penises all they want and they're like going to get, you know, their doctor to check their balls or whatever it is. But yet women, we're still like can't talk about smear tests and, and, and. That's my favourite routine I've ever written. Like there's, there's all, I like to think there's under, underneath the whole show. Yeah. It's like the guttural screamings of a feminist witch, just like (laughs) underneath, like sub, sub, um, because I, I was like, what do I laugh about? What do, when I'm with my friends, what are the conversations I have? And I and I don't I don't feel like I should talk about something I don't have the the knowledge and the understanding of. So that's why I talk about my husband. I talk about my kid. I talk about my family. I talk about things that have happened to me. I talk about my friend. I talk about I talk about what I know. I'm not. I don't think I'm very in tune with what's going on in the world because. I think that's a choice because I think if I was more like <laughs> aware of how awful the world is, I don't think I'd cope very well. <laughs> so I tried to like, you know, yeah, not. <laughs> but people are looking for that though, right? Like there are shows that where people have the forty-five minute mark where they talk about their dead cat, um, and then <laughs> some people. I mean, I love cats, by the way. I was such a cat person, but um, I love cats. I love cats. Love too, I have to cats. Stress. Ah, they're the best. Yeah. Um, but then there are people that just want a show that is just comp- laughs, 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 laughs. They just want jokes. Well, it's just it's just when I when I in Edinburgh when I started the show, I used to I used to hide behind this bit of card. wasn't It was the stage, yeah. But it wasn't a stage because it was just two flaps of cardboard painted black. And then I'd stay behind there and then come out. And about halfway through, I thought, this isn't what I'm like. I'm not like this, like having a grand entrance. Mm. So I just said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to seat people when they come in. <laughs> and I was, they were coming and I was going, hello, thanks for coming. Sit over there. Where do you want to go? You don't have to sit on the front. Go to the back. You do what you want. If, has everybody got a drink? It's hot in here. Take your coats off. You know, like, like just yeah. being really like familiar with people. Because then when I actually started the show, I said, I'm just going behind the, the bit of cardboard so there's some mystery. And then when I came out, people were more like, oh, I already know her. Yeah. I don't have to. I didn't have to spend another 10 minutes explaining that this is not a character act. I am a actual prick. <laughs> I just think you're relatable. Yeah, but that's what I, 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 that's what, that's what I want. Because yeah. I just think, I want you to come and have a, and, and watch a show and think, I could be mates with her. Yeah. You wouldn't really want to be mates with me. 
but you'd think, oh yeah, I've got a mate like that who is a pain in the ass. Why? Why do you think that about yourself? Like, I can't. I can't shut up. Like, yeah. um, inappropriate things and just like. I don't know. I couldn't, like, even, like, at weddings, I just, like, oh, look at the state of her dress. I was like, that's the bride. I was like, I know. You thought she'd put some effort. Do you know what I mean? Just, yeah. Just, I'm not a bad person. No. I'm just, just, just British. <laughs> I'm just British. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, just British. I just feel like that's most people in this country. So many people just go, oh, hello, nice to meet you, good to see you. Oh, yeah, take care. And then you walk off and you go, oh, fucking hate him. Yeah. He's yeah. a prick, he is. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I so... That's how people are. And you won an award in Edinburgh too, didn't you? Oh, God. It's just... That's what I mean, like, it's escalated. It's escalated? <laughs> escalated? I used to have a false tooth, Amy, what's yeah. it, what it is. Um... <laughs> and I, I got it changed about two weeks ago with an implant. Yeah. And I have to stress, I didn't pay for it as part of a clinical trial. Um, but I'll do anything if it's free. Um, so I don't know what they're putting me to, but it, they've put me a real tooth in at the front. So I, I'm, because it's a real tooth, I'm not used to talking. Any, it sounds, I sound <laughs> like I'm having, I just keep going all the time. Anyway, what was I talking about? New awards. Um, yeah. You said it was escalating. Yeah. Escalated. So when I got to, I got there, I hated it, and then I got used to it, and then my agent, because they have to kind of put you forward. For, I don't really know what happens. I said I don't want to know, and I got the impression that I wasn't even in being considered for like anything mm. apart from reviewers. Um, so I was that kind of took the pressure off, which then also meant I was a bit more of a prick, not prick, but prick. I can call myself a prick. I, I was just more silly and relaxed. Yeah. I was like, I don't, it doesn't matter because I've yeah. not getting nominated for, for, for anything. So sod it, do what you want. Yeah. Um, and then my agent rang me, and it was on my daughter's birthday, so it kind of overshadowed it a bit, and um, said, Oh, you've been nominated for the Best Newcomer Award, which is enormous. And then the day after that, he rang me again and he said, oh, you've won the Next Up Comedy Award for Best Show. And I thought, oh, my God. And the Next Up Comedy Award is a massive inflatable yeah. fucking trophy that's about three metres tall. <laughs> I've taken it. If I go to someone's house, I just take it and plug it in because I'm not wasting my electric on this. Yeah. Are you going to put it somewhere? Because, you know, like the actors who win like Academy Awards, they say they put it Where? somewhere from. It's bloody, it's like, even when I inflate it in my hall, it breaches the ceiling. Because um, you have to, it's got a, like a bouncy castle fan. So you have to plug it in and... Oh my God, I didn't realise that that was what they gave you to keep. It's, honestly, it's enormous. And I can't stress the size of it. And when they told me I'd won it, I was like, oh, it'd be like an inflatable you know, like yeah. beach ball. It's actually like a handcrafted, bespoke, inflatable plug-in trophy that's sewn gold. And every year they make it about a centimetre bigger. So it's the biggest, It's because they call it the biggest award in comedy. Yeah. Literally the biggest award in comedy. And it's... um. It's got your name on yeah, it. So, no, it's just, it's just, well, at the minute it's folded up in a, 
like a sleeping bag thing shoved under the stairs. Like, what am I? What are you gonna do with it? They're like, you don't have to keep it. And I was like, well, I, I want it. Like, yeah, like yeah. I said, if it's free, I don't know if I was meant to take it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I wasn't. Maybe you weren't. I did. Maybe. They... Maybe they're like, well, we, we kind of need to get our award back. How we do kind we? Of need, we kind of need it to give it to someone next year. Yeah. I think that if they wanted it back, they should have said. <laughs> but then again, I wouldn't argue with me. True. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that maybe because you got nominated for the awards because you just thought it's not going to happen? Because I think I've seen acts who think, I want to be a nominated, so they put all the stress onto it and then they don't get nominated because they've got the pressure it, of the awards and you just went, fuck it, I'm just doing a show, I don't care, I'm just going to be me. Well, that's it because I, I, if you go up there with those intentions and they don't happen, you can be so, in such a bad place yeah. mentally. And I, in the back of my head, I was like, it would be nice, but it won't happen. Yeah. And on the day of the awards coming out, I was a bit like, because it, it was my daughter's birthday, so I was like, I've got to be happy. But at the back of my head, I kept saying to my husband, I'm still a bit disappointed that, like, it's not going to happen. And, and I feel a bit down. And he's like, don't worry about it. And I kept checking the website. And I was like, oh, they've not announced anything yet. And he's like, don't torture yourself because you know you're not going to get it. So don't. And I was like, oh, no, I know, I know. And then when they were just like... And then when my agent rang, I was like, oh, I was like, what the... I went from being like, oh, I'm a bit sad to, like, absolutely... Mm. crazy bad happy but if you go up to edinburgh with the intention of just awards i went up because i was like i've not done an hour i've not pushed myself like that before i just i want to see if i can do it yeah and i only cried once that's amazing and that was because i was due on yeah <laughs> do you know when you do you yeah. know what i get this i don't know if anyone else does but me and my, my other friend do it we're like the day before i was how have we got to this? I'm so sorry. The day before I'm due on, I'm always like, oh, I'm so depressed. And then I'll look at my little lap and I'm like, oh, tomorrow's the day. Like, it all makes sense. <laughs> Do you find it, like, messes with your mind a bit when you're, like, performing? Like, because some people yeah. get brain fog and... Because as women, it's something we don't talk about is our periods and how it can affect us, especially as performers. Do you find that it kind of... I find the, the week afterwards, if you book me in for a gig, then I'm so like, yeah, 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 come and yeah, 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 yeah. And then and then that week before, I'm like, oh, I don't want to, mm. I can't, or and I feel a bit, and like if somebody says anything to me nasty, I'm gonna cry. Yeah. And and then two days later, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I'm like, oh, and then I'm depressed. And then, oh, and then, and then oh, oh, pain. And then, oh, and it's just like, oh. And, and also what annoys me is when people tell me you shouldn't talk about your periods on stage. I'm like, for a quarter of my adult life, I'm literally, it's coming out. Yeah. I'm not on anything. I'm going to talk about it. And we all do it as, as pfft, suck my bum. Well, 50%, 50% of the audience are women. So it's like. Yes. Exactly. Why are you just... I might do a show about that. I might do a show about how... No, Lindsay, you're not going to Edinburgh again. <laughs> costume. <laughs> this is what happens with Edinburgh. So Edinburgh is I like... I can't afford it. I need to get my windows done. <laughs> I can't. I can't. But this is what happens with Edinburgh. People do it and they're like, never again. I'm not doing that again. 
hate it. Blah, blah, blah. That's what I was like. And then as soon as it comes around, people are like, oh, I've got an idea for a show. This is awful, man. I feel like, sorry, I feel like all I've spoken about is Edinburgh. But it's just like, it's 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 when, at the end of it, I was like, I'm glad I've done it. I'm not doing it again. And then like, about a week after that, it was almost, it was Stockholm Syndrome mm. where I went, oh, I miss it now. Yeah. I miss it now. I think I want to go back. And I was like, no, I don't. And I keep I keep thinking of things I can do as shows. And I yeah. go, no, no, not this year. Yeah. But there's like heaps of little baby festivals, like our festival, where you can just do. Oh, I love it. You can just I do one it. show. I love it because you could just go one show and then you fart about town and then you go to Thunder Egg and you buy a dress and you go home. Yeah. It's great. Because <laughs> um, Leicester's similar, isn't it? You get one one or two shows. Yeah. I quite like Leicester because you can... They're, they're, it's bigger, but again, you get one, one show. Yeah. Um, but there's not as much... Well, no one's coming in to review you. Yeah. You're just doing it for yourself, which I think is what Edinburgh used to be and it's not anymore. But yeah. I really, yeah. I really like your festival. Yeah, we're excited to have women. Yes. Which starts very Powerful soon. women. Yeah, yeah. And then so how, so obviously you've done podcasts as well. So you guys were nominated for your podcast a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. The Leicester, oh, God. So... I used to uh, Harriet Dyer, who's also doing a show. Yes. Although I don't know when it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> She's opening the She's festival. Won. She's on the first day. Oh, is she? Yeah. I love her so much. She she really tickles me. She's a wonderful person and she's got such an insightful head that she just, the places where she goes. Again, when she was, she speak to me about Edinburgh and she was like, this was years ago, she went, I'm going to do a show about a dinosaur. And then just went off and did it. She just does stuff like that. And I love that. I love that about her. But so, she, uh, I used to do a podcast with her and John Pearson called Biggest Idiot where me and Harriet would talk to John about the most stupid things me and Harriet had done that week. And that ran, I think we did it for over COVID. Yeah. And then and then I had a baby, very inconvenient. And then we just, we kind of just stopped doing it because we were like, well, COVID's gone now. Yeah. So we don't need to keep ourselves entertained. <laughs> Take care. God bless. Goodbye. <laughs> we never did a final episode. We just left it. <laughs> we won this award at the Leicester. We were like, this is great. And then we all just kind of went, oh, I'm fed up with this now. See ya. <laughs> so... Short intention spans. <laughs> yeah, but then people think, oh, have you fallen out? And mm. it's just like, no, it was just, we ran out of time. Once the world went back to normal, we had to do our jobs and it's hard work when, yeah, like, John's one side, Harriet's another. And uh, it's good. I'd, I'd listen to it on catch. Oh, no, I, I couldn't be bothered to listen to it and I was on it. So, yeah, it's hard listening to yourself, <laughs> isn't it? So how have, you, how have you found coming out of COVID and... Um, being a full now that you're a mum, like how has that changed your comedy journey from pre? Because obviously pre-COVID you didn't have a baby and you were probably gigging and didn't have yeah. to think about somebody else. Obviously you had to think about your partner, but now you're having to travel and gig. How oh, has that changed for you? And does uh, it influence your comedy? It's um, when I was pregnant, I was talking to... Um, <laughs> I think it's like the last the last gig I was doing was uh, so Joe Lysett was doing a local gig and I was quite pregnant and I think it was the second to last gig I was doing and he was talking to me and he said how long are you going to have off 
And I said, oh, I think at least six months. I said, I've got to have at least six months off. And he was kind of like, mm. and I got the like, I got the impression he was like, oh, I want you to do a bit of tour support for me. But I thought, I don't want to, I don't want to assume that or like, mm. so I just like left it like that. And I thought, no, I'll have six months off. Anyway, I had a C-section and then two weeks after that, I just said to David, I'm bored. I'm going out for an open mic. I couldn't cope. Yeah. I, couldn't, I needed it then. Like I just <laughs> needed to do comedy. <laughs> I needed five minutes peace to myself and that was on a stage. Yeah. And I just went off and did that and and then I spoke I bumped into Joe doing something and, and then he let me do some of his tour dates, which was brilliant. And then I ended up doing this thing for Comedy Central, which was about about six weeks after I'd had the baby. And you know when you look back and you go, What on earth? Yeah. What like I don't know if I had postnatal depression. I feel like I would know it, but I also I was very aware that I might lose my own identity because mm. some that can happen. Yeah, but she's um, she's brilliant to be fair, and and a lot of a lot of the bigger clubs like Glee and um, other places when they put you up, like they'll easily put like a crib in yeah. or they'll upgrade the room so there's somewhere for her. Because if it's at a weekend, like my husband and they'll they'll come up, or, or like this weekend I'm doing the store down in London, so I'll go down tomorrow. Tomorrow? Whenever. So I'll go down the first night on the train, come back, and then Friday, Saturday, go up together and stay in a hotel. Yeah. Just because it, it's just, it's just you have to. There's a lot of, there's a lot more logistics, and um, this is why I had to stop breastfeeding because I was like, I can't physically like roll my tit down the M6 like and feed her. Like I can, I was trying to breast pump whilst driving. Yeah. I think that should be banned because <laughs> I was fine when I was in the car. And then I was like, oh, if I have to go around an island here, I'm fucked. Yeah. So I'm just going to spill milk everywhere. Just like, I've got my tits. Oh, I did what I could be asked to do. That's what I always. Yeah. It's, and has it, my mantra. has it like changed your outlook on comedy? Has it changed the way you write? <clears throat> I think it's, it's, um, I was a bit, oh, I've always been worried when I write because I think, what if my mum doesn't like this? Because mm. some of it, and then I was like, well, no, she's fine because I know what my mum's like. And then I think, I've got to be careful when I write about her because she will grow up in this era where she can watch stuff back about her. So that's kind of, ugh. but it, it's, at the, but at the same time, I was like, oh, fuck it, it's paying for the house and she lives in it. So, deal with it um i guess it's what it does is it keeps you very very grounded yeah because like when i i was so lucky when joe lice was doing his tour in wembley he let me support him on one of the dates and it was it's massive it's a massive and i went on and i did my tour support bit and it's great because they're not there for you you're like yeah. a little a freebie that you get like a little sample and you think great no pressure went on smashed it came off stage i was like oh my god i've just played wembley i look and my daughter has got a fucking hobnob and she's just smashing it into the carpet and i thought she doesn't give a fuck does she? she doesn't care yeah she doesn't so like and she doesn't care and therefore i shouldn't care so things like that especially like doing gigs and then coming back to child is it's hard work but it's doable yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have another one. That would tip me over the edge. I don't know people with more than one kid. Yeah. You've lost your mind. Yeah. Especially doing comedy. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Does I it, don't know how they do has it. Has it restricted you from like touring up north and, and all that? Or 
do you have to be a bit more selective where you're going just at the moment or uh sometimes it just depends on childcare really it's um nothing's really uh, i mean i i've had to cancel gigs because my childcare has fallen through yeah which has been a bit bit annoying um but they're normally last minute and yeah that's happened a few times or if she's been poorly mm. i always feel bad about leaving when she's poorly um i just you get a lot of mum guilt i think doing this job yeah it's really hard but at the end of the day most people just go yeah that's fine yeah and it's it's been it, there's been moments where i've just had to cancel really big gigs because she's because my mum's not available uh, and like David's not well or David's gone out or David's had something with work come up and I've had to go oh god but it doesn't happen it doesn't happen as often as I th I thought it would yeah so we've got quite a good network of people I mean she gets fobbed off <laughs> go stay with nanny go to daddy yeah go stay with other nanny go to auntie's house so she's um she's happy she's such a happy little soul she's um and she'd definitely tell me if she wasn't yeah 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 <laughs> she don't shut up she's like me and then um did you though when you were pregnant did you think uh oh how because you mentioned just before like you thought oh I'm gonna have to cancel so many gigs did you think that did that come into your mind at all like oh gosh what am I gonna do not in a negative oh, way but like no, the I know, outlook because of... I'd never been I'd ne not been pregnant I just thought I don't know how this works like I don't get how long I can can go for mm. um but what happened was my husband had to drive me to a lot of gigs because I'd be so tired. And also, you need like a piss every five minutes. So when you're in traffic, I was like, ah! Um, the amount of times I've almost pissed myself was incredible. And because she was born in August, my last gig, I think, was the end of June. Yeah. I left it quite late. And I remember it being, it was a cricket club that had no air conditioning in it. And I, I, if if that hadn't have been my last gig, it would have been anyway. Because, you know, mm. when you just go, I can't. My legs were swollen. Yeah, I was doing all these high kicks and stuff. And while I'm on stage, she was like this, <laughs> in my stomach. I could feel like, a, <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't. This is winding her up. It's winding me up. I need a piss. I'm on stage. I'm too hot. I'm going to die. My feet are swollen. I can't wear any shoes. That's it. But um, I tried to keep my gigs quite local. I think two hours was like the most, mm. especially during the last three months, I'd go anywhere. Because I, <laughs> I did Bath Comedia and I'd started getting twinges in my side. And I thought, oh, God, oh, God. And it was while I was on stage and it was like, I'm going into labour. I was like, I'm going into labour on stage. Um, and then when I got to hospital, it was like, no, you've just pulled a muscle. <laughs> Rushed back from Bath. My husband's driving me. He was like, are you getting it still? I was like, no, it's gone now. I thought, best go get it checked out yeah. at the hospital. They were like, no, you just pulled a muscle. Because I was dancing around on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Wasting the NHS Could you resources. imagine the headline in Chordle? I know. <laughs> Two stars. Two stars. <laughs> Two stars. She gave birth halfway through. Very inconvenient. <laughs> she started waving a placenta around. It was very inappropriate. <laughs>
and there was no sad bit. <laughs> oh, Edinburgh. <laughs> I don't know why we keep going back to there. But, uh, I don't know. I feel like I, I have got post-traumatic stress from it. But I yeah. think a lot of people do. I mean, yes. even I did. I had. I remember after I worked it, I did two weeks traveling Scotland and I was on a train going up to Inverness and this woman tried to talk to me and I literally had to say, I'm really sorry, I've just finished the fringe. I can't talk to you. <laughs> Everything is dead. Everything yes, is dead. I can't. Like, and I just worked it, you know what I mean? And I was like, I can't, I'm done. <sighs> it's, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I, I can't, uh, yeah. I'll probably go back where I'm. I'm not doing it. Don't do it. No. No, I'm not. I'm not because <laughs> I need to get my windows done. You need to get your windows done. That's important. I need to get my windows done, Amy. I can't. I can't. <laughs> and what else is in the horizon for you? What's coming up? Because you... <sighs> well, I've had some... Well, I don't know what I'm allowed to talk about. Well, in that case, I won't say anything because yeah. then I can't get in trouble, can I? Yeah, that's so I've got, true. I'm still, that's my, I realise sometimes I talk too much, so I've got to keep my mouth shut. So there are things which I can't say, right. but I don't actually know if they are things yet, but they might be things. Um, and I'm doing a run at Soho with Pink Tinge and, um, or oh, Pink Tinge is my show, by the way. Sorry, I don't think I've actually mentioned that. Uh, I'm doing some dates at the Birmingham Glee. I'd like to tour it a little bit, oh, cool. but not a big tour because yeah. I fundamentally can't be asked. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. So that things are, things are, things are happening. I just try. I try not to think about the future because it makes me feel physically sick. <laughs> <laughs> are you more of a live in the moment kind of person? I, I I have constant anxiety about the about everything, so I just have to think about what's happening in the next twenty minutes. Otherwise, I, I think oh, I've got to do that. Oh, I've got to put a wash on. Oh, 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 I've got to get the car in for a service. Oh God, I've got to drive to Nuneaton. Where is Nuneaton? And I just don't, don't, don't. Yeah. Do now. Yeah. I always think if it's important, someone will ring you. <laughs> Tell you. You were supposed where to be. Are on, where are you? Where You're are you? supposed to be on in ten minutes. You're supposed to be on hot water. Oh, am I? Well, I can't make it. All the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, so yeah, I think it, that's kind of a nice little oh, end. We made Sorry. it to. We got there to the forty-five. I think that's a nice little end. Talking yeah, about what's sorry, coming up. If you talk to me, I'll go... <laughs> Probably shouldn't have spoke about chucking that dead cat over the fence, <laughs> but I have got to go and do that. Like That is my life. Stay, stay grounded. Stay, stay grounded, yeah. Actually, I think that's a better ending. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stick about. Got to flick my mum's dead... No, my mum's dead cat over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> ah, thank you. All right, I'm going to press stop now.